Praise God. All right, so we're into Acts chapter 4, verse 13 through 22, and it's titled, Don't Speak the Name of Jesus. What are you going to do when they tell you don't speak the name of Jesus? A little louder, amen. You know, we sing that song, get a little louder or make it a little louder or sing a little louder, you know, get a little louder, amen. Proclaim the name a little bit louder. But when they start telling us to not speak the name of Jesus and we get a little louder, it's not gonna come without something. So you, you can just pay attention to our society, to the, the words of our government, and then you'll know. So we're going to read from verse 13, Acts chapter 4, all the way to 22. So would you stand with me as we proclaim the word of God today? Acts 14, 13 through 22, the name of Jesus forbidden. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. And so they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man who was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you in your word, Lord, I pray that what these men experienced, the boldness, Father God, the, the power of God would be inside of each one of us. And Lord, that you would give us a heart to be transformed, to be able to do the things that they did, Father. And that, Lord, that we'd have no fear. And we know that your perfect love casts out all fear. So I pray for your love to just abound in our hearts today, God, that all fear would be gone in the name of Jesus so that we do not suffer any torment. And we thank you for this now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You see, 1 John 4, 18, it says, perfect love casts out all fear because fear leads to torment. And we don't want to live in fear, amen? We don't want to be tormented. How many of you like being tormented? Nobody? Okay, we're, I'm in the right crowd. So then we got we to walk in the perfect love of God. And the, and the other thing that brings torment is unforgiveness. So make sure you're for a giving person, amen? So verse 13 was a very powerful verse. It described the two disciples. It said they were bold. I mean, I would say very bold. They were uneducated. They were untrained. But they had been with Jesus. How many of you have been with Jesus? 
guys aren't awake yet. Bring the coffee in. (laughs) These guys were bold. They were supernaturally bold. It may have been that, that, that they were not bold about everything, but they were very bold about Jesus. Amen. They spoke up for Jesus and they did not hold back. It was a it just flowed out of them in power. Now, you got to say, these guys were raised as Jews. They knew who the priests were. They knew who the authority was in the community. And yet they're, they're standing up to it. You know, that'd be like me being called back to Springfield where the Assembly of God headquarters is, you know, for being obedient to the Lord. And they call me in and they, you know, it'd be a little intimidating to be on those men on the wrong side. You know, when you, you respect them, you're taught to respect them. And you serve in their same um, fellowship as them. And they're the leaders of the fellowship. You know, the Assemblies of God has over 13,000 churches in America alone. You know, so over 67 uh, members worldwide. And so to go before those leaders and, and to be slammed, it would be intimidating. But here, you know, Peter and John, they go in and they're, they're being um, assailed by these priests to, to not do this stuff. They don't care. They're saying, hey, God told us to. They were really, really bold. What we have to understand is God will not ask you to do anything that's going to go against his word. Amen. If it goes against this, then you probably shouldn't do it. Because there's, you know, there's certain things that God just, he'll just don't do this. And so when, when an enemy tells you, hey, do the things that goes against God's word, we have to understand, don't do it. Amen? Don't do it. It goes against the word. But So when Peter and John were there, they're like, who do we obey? Do we obey you or do we obey God? And that's where we've got to get to. Who are we going to obey? You know, it says they were uneducated. They, they were fishermen. And, and this is what they knew until Jesus said to them. He said in Matthew 4, 19, he, he said, then he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they left everything. They left their boats. They, I was watching The Chosen the other night, you know, and Peter was kind of a rambunctious guy, you know, in the, in the Chosen and probably in real life too. He was very aggressive and uh, they were accusing him of fishing on the Sabbath, you know, but that was kind of like nobody was out there. It was better fishing, you know. So he would, he would go fishing on the Sabbath, even though they knew the rules you know, in the, in the thing, um, who was it? Nicodemus had come to him and said, told the priests in that area, you got to do a better job of getting the fishermen to keep the Sabbath because they're going fishing and that's on you, priest. And uh, so they just kept going. But God's not going to ask you to do anything that goes against his word. Now, your flesh will. The enemy will whisper things to you to get you to do things against the word. But these guys, uneducated, now they're going to follow Jesus and they're going to sit under Jesus for three and a half years. They're going to go with him, amen? But it really became evident that they'd been with Jesus when they got filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, you just come out of denying Christ three times. He denied Christ and, you know, and was so upset with himself and, and Jesus restored him. But then when he got filled with the Holy Spirit... 
Even on the day of Pentecost, we talked about this a few weeks ago, on the day of Pentecost, how Peter stood up and he said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but they are filled with the Holy Spirit, the way that the prophet Joel prophesied to us that it was going to happen. You see, the Holy Spirit gave them such boldness as the Holy Spirit gives you boldness. It's the same spirit, the same spirit that was in Peter, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that allowed Jesus to do all those miracles. It's the same spirit that he has sent to us, to be in us, to fill us, to go and do the work of the ministry, amen? It's the same spirit. There's not five different Holy Spirits. There's one spirit. And that's the one that we have, that we get, amen? You know, and if you read the word and you pray and you seek the Lord, he will give you revelation, amen? He will give you revelation of the word. You won't just be reading it and putting it away. I know Delana and I, we read the word and we listen to it and it's like, I have to pause it because we got to talk about it because there's, there's things that pop up where you're like, wait, wait a minute, you know, and you hear, it's like you're hearing it for the first time and we do this every year, but it just, it's fresh every time. And so when you listen to it, God will give you revelation and, and God will teach you through the word. You don't have to go to Bible school to be used of the Lord. I never wanted to go to Bible school. I thought, they'll take away my fire. I mean, I just, you know, they, people would tell me, if you don't slow down, you're going to burn up. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to be with Jesus. I'm going to sit at his feet and he's going to keep the fire burning. I just remember when after Peter had denied him and, and Jesus, man, he made the fire. He made the fire. Amen. And he said, come on, bring your fish. Let's celebrate. You know, Jesus brings the fire. And when we walk in that fire, God will sustain you. Amen. But I remember I didn't want to go and I went to one country and I got so blessed going to this country. I was, man, I was lit up. I saw things happen I'd never seen happen before. So when I came back and I went to, I was going, already going to the school, but I, I, this confirmed that I was right where I wanted to be. The teacher said, he said, Ron, I, I just see a different anointing on you right now. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He says, why don't you come up and share about your trip? And so I shared for about 40 minutes what happened. And I mean, what happened was just incredible. I mean, I would fall out under the power of God. And those people would pin me against the wall, pick me up, pin me against the wall and put my hand on their head and they would fall out. And I'd just stand there and laugh. I'd just laugh and laugh and laugh. And I had such joy in my heart. And this laughter just spread and I, it, they just, and then when the people holding me couldn't hold me up anymore because they were falling out under the power of God, then I'd just fall on top of them. It was an incredible trip. I'm <laughs> It was so miraculous what God did. And, and I, that's why I want to say, God wants to use you. And, and you can't say, well, I, I don't know enough. You know so much that all you have to do is open your mouth and let it flow. You know so much about God. If you've only been here this year, you know so much about God. Because that's all we talk about. And, and that's, you get it in you and you take it in. And if you're willing to, to get with God, if you're willing to pray and seek his face and dare I say, even hold his hand, if you'll just hold his hand, he'll give you words that'll flow through you. That'll be so powerful. You'll, you'll just be 
in awe of what he does. Amen? In awe. We just need that boldness to open up. We just, you ever see that movie, We Bought a Zoo? Donna loves that movie, We Bought a Zoo. But you know what I liked about that movie? He said, he told his kids, you only need 20 seconds of courage. Just 20 seconds of courage. If you could start with 20 seconds of courage, God will take care of the rest. I'm telling you, just open up your mouth. Hey, do you know Jesus? Hey, do you know that Jesus loves you? Hey, have you, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? I mean, just get an opening line and, and allow those words. Just, I mean, 10 seconds of boldness. Hey, do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Have you made a commitment to Christ? You, you let it flow out of you. Hey, and you just start the conversation that way. Let me tell you, I believe we're going to be held accountable for every conversation we don't have. We have to open up. These guys, Peter, John, they gave up everything. They gave up their business. They just walked away. You know, when I was listening to it this week, it's, they just walked away from everything. They just tied the boat off, said, all right, we'll follow you. We'll go with you. And I, I'm not saying quit your job and come and follow Jesus, but I'm saying, hey, you follow Jesus, amen? Follow Jesus at your job. Let everybody know I'm a born-again believer. Open your mouth and he will what? Fill it. The front row here has got it. <laughs> Open your mouth and he will what? Fill it. Amen. So even going to Bible school, though, I know I look at Oscar, you know, and, and Jeanette and myself and Andy. And I went through classes with Andy as he was getting his doctorate. And uh, he wrote a thesis that will blow your mind. It was, it was just great. He taught it. And it blew all the Baptists' mind. Oh, my gosh. They were, they were so angry. It's funny how people get so angry about the things of God. But, uh, you know, but one thing, when you go to, go to Bible school, they don't teach you everything. I never had a class that told me how to cast out demons. They don't teach that in Bible school. They don't teach you how to heal the sick. They talk about healing the sick. They talk about we're supposed to heal the sick, but they don't, in school, they don't show you what to do. They don't tell you how to cast out a demon. It's just, you know, there's a lot of things they don't tell you to do. You know, that when you get into being a pastor, the reality of being a pastor is like, I feel untrained, unlearned, uneducated, you know, because there's this... You know, people call me with things, and they're like, well, what do I do? I'm like, man, I don't know. <laughs> never heard of that one, never been through that. Maybe we just need to pray for a bit and see what happens. You know, because there's things that happen in life that it's just, it's life. But I know God's God, and God's got us, amen? And we can stick with him. You know, Jesus, Jesus taught them a lot by example. I mean, he used a lot of scripture, but, you know, he healed the sick, he cast out the demons. So a lot of things that Jesus taught them were caught and not taught. You know, you, you go anywhere out in the world with us and you'll, you'll see a lot of that. Here it's not as much at home, but even last Sunday the Lord had me call that out on you by the Spirit so that we could pray for you. And that's what God intends. He wants, you may be getting some things sitting in this service and you're just waiting and sitting on it and hoping that I get it. I don't hear everything. 
I hear in part. You hear in part. But when the part comes together as a whole, we hear a lot. Amen? So if God's stirring your heart and he's, he's giving you something, write it down and come hand it to me. Come up and say, hey, I, I feel like God wants to do this right now. Tim, is the pain gone yet? It's going away. Amen. In the name of Jesus. But Jesus taught by the example. He did things. And when it, when it comes to casting out demons, you need to learn to hear from heaven. Now, how many of you can hear from heaven? Come on. Every one of you, if you're a born-again believer, he says, my sheep know my voice. So he wants to speak to you. And, you know, he spoke to me. I was over here about where you are, Charlotte, one day. And the Lord spoke to me that just, it just crumbled me to the ground. He's, and he, and he, I was crying so hard. He said, I want you to go lay at the altar. And I'm like, nobody's at the altar, Lord. <laughs> he said, I want you to go lay at the altar. And so I, I came and I laid at the altar. And when I got there, he just flooded me with his presence. It, it was so much. I, I couldn't walk back to my seat. I had to crawl. And I just crawled, and Pastor Dave, later, he said, uh, looked like something was happening to you today, because I was sobbing so hard. I said, yeah, God is touching me today. He said, wow, and I said, and he told me he was going to use you in my life, so get ready. A few months later, he's standing right here, and he prophesied to me, and it was such a powerful prophecy, he turned to the people around us, he said, I can't believe I'm saying this. And then he kept going. See, God wants to have those encounters with you. And when you have encounters with him, you'll learn. You'll take things in. You're getting empowered. You're getting refreshed in him. And I believe that it's time that we all need a refreshing in the name of Jesus. We all need to be refreshed in who he is. Well, when it comes to healing, you know, what did Peter say? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. So it's in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. You're halfway there. Then you just got to identify. You can say, in the name of Jesus. I just heard you. So all you got to do now is identify where you're going to say it. Touch that person, amen. Touch them in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus, Tim, right now. Be healed. Let that pain come out. Be gone in the name of Jesus. But then, you know, the, the priests recognized this. They had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Has anyone ever accused you of being with Jesus? You can raise your hand. I don't care. Has anyone ever accused you of being with Jesus? I've seen one hand, I've seen two, I've seen three, I've seen four, five, six. If people aren't accusing you of being Jesus, maybe it's because they don't know that you're a Christian. Maybe it's because of the way we act when we're out there that we're not showing that, we're not revealing Christ. We're not declaring, rise up and walk. We're not declaring, be gone in the name of Jesus. We're just going through this life and floating through and being our happy little selves, like, oh, I'm saved, and that's good. And, and thinking, I don't want other people to get saved. You know, I don't like other people, so, you know. Jesus never bothered 
What? No, I wouldn't say a Bible thumper because a Bible thumper just puts the scripture on people, uses it. We got to love people. Just love them, love them, love them, love them, love your enemies. We watched a movie last night. Man, this kid has four guys that wanted to beat him up all the time. And he, he became a Christian. And they were doing a, putting together a musical event. And he went over with the flyer and he invited those four bullies that were trying to beat him up he just stepped into that boldness but you know what do you remember when we were in youth I mean that was a long time ago huh (laughs) you you remember when you you were young and you had Jesus you remember how bold and outgoing you were you didn't care what people thought of you you didn't care what they said about you You didn't care to be liked. You didn't care if people liked you. You just said, I'm going to proclaim Jesus. I'm going to figure out a way to win this person to the Lord. And you start hammering them with Jesus, with love. You start going after them and say, hey, I love you, man. I love you with the love of God. They're like, what? When When do we return to that first love that just charges us? to go and to do what God has called us to do. At some point, you've got to get that fire back, that zeal back, that passion back, that you're not afraid to share Jesus. Like Peter and John. Can't be afraid. They had that boldness. And they, the people saw that they would bend with Jesus. You know, and the, and the thing of it was is that the religious rulers of that day, they couldn't heal the sick. They didn't go around casting out demons. That wasn't their thing. <laughs> the movie, The Chosen, we were watching The Chosen last night, and they asked Nicodemus to come in and cast out the demon out of somebody. It scared him half to death, and he ran out. He's like, yeah, I should have never went there. You know, he's like, yeah, a man of my stature shouldn't have been called to go and do that, you know. But the Romans made him go. The Romans drug him in there. Hey, we got a spiritual problem up here that you need to take care of. And, he's, and he couldn't do it. The woman scared him half to death. <laughs> and he ran out of there. But when you, when you see something done that you can't do, it either impresses you or it scares you. It scares you and your authority. See, and you know what? I wish you guys would, would go and do and, and that people would say, maybe we ought to make you pastor. We've seen that you've been with Jesus. I, I, I wish people would just start accusing you of that. That You, you know, I, I look at Mama Priscilla and every week she comes in, she's got a praise report. I told somebody about Jesus. I grabbed this man, I told him about Jesus. I told this person about Jesus. I, Always, and, and then we were listening to Elvia. Elvia led two people to the Lord this last week. And, you know, she's sharing testimony. People that she meet, you know, hey, maybe, maybe she had a, a person call and said, maybe we could, you know, further this conversation, you know, about Jesus. And she said, well, why don't we just, why don't you just give your life to him right now? And he said, well, I don't know how. Well, I'll lead you in a prayer right now. You guys are all quiet today and looking at me like 
they had a hard time dealing with Peter and John because they couldn't do the things that they did. And then they knew that that name of Jesus, listen, the name of Jesus means if they're saying don't speak in the name of Jesus, because if they believed in Jesus, then they would have to believe he was the Messiah. They'd have to believe that he was resurrected from the dead. They'd have to believe that there, was, there is a Holy Spirit that was sent to the people of God. See, they'd have to change everything. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be change everything they were taught because they were all taught that, but they couldn't receive it. Somebody had to crucify Jesus. And that's what Peter said. You did all that out of ignorance. Now, come on, let's go with Jesus. How many people got saved on the day of Pentecost? 3,000. How many got saved in this speech here that he made? 5,000. So he's got 8,000 people saved in just a little bit of time here. It doesn't exactly say how much, but I know it wasn't the day after because it says they went house to house having communion with one another and they were fired up to go and to do it. And Peter and John come along and they did something that these priests haven't been able to do. They healed that man. And the reason why I'm talking about this, the reason why it's burning into my heart today is I want to stir your heart with a passion for Jesus that you'll go out and do the same. That you'll not just relax, sit back, take it easy, but you'll know that Jesus is coming. We've all agreed that we're in the last days and we all know that Jesus is coming, but what are you going to do with what you have? Who are you going to give it to? Who are you going to stretch a hound out to and say, rise up and walk? When is it going to come alive, so alive in us that we start doing it? They touched the man that had been there for 40 years. Jesus never even healed him. That man was saved for that day. And it was an amazing, an amazing day. First they tell him this. Don't use the name of Jesus anymore. As I said, how would you respond I mean, just, I don't know if it was last summer, the summer before, they told us don't sing. Well, we, we can't not sing. We cannot not praise God. Amen? I mean, you might sit there and not sing, but I can't. <laughs> I can't not praise God. I need to sing. I need to, you know, I mean, Vicki needs to wave her flags, and, and Sandy Lewis needs to wave their flags. Victoria needs to dance. I need to sing. We have to praise God, amen? So when they say, don't do this, and it goes against what the word of God says, you know, because we are commanded. Listen, if you read the last five Psalms, it's not a suggestion about praising God. It's a command. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You don't like the song we're singing? Stand up and make your own. You get in the book of Psalms, and you start writing your own. Just sing along to the tune we're singing to. Just let it flow out of you like a river, amen? So, you know, they, they tell us that. And you, you have to understand, you know, even from my, my viewpoint, as the lead pastor, they tell us don't sing. Or they tell us don't meet. I've got other people that are in authority over me telling me what to do. Assemblies of God, don't meet. Insurance company, don't meet. Government, don't meet. The deacons like meeting, though. (laughs) 
our deacons kind of like meeting, so they're, they're all for that. But you understand that there's a lot that come, come at me through that whole thing about what we should do. I was on a Zoom call with our leaders, and they asked us when we're supposed to not be in the building, they said, what are you doing, Ron? So we meet in the sanctuary. We're singing loud and proud and happy, and we're rejoicing in the Lord. And he's like, okay. <laughs> you know, but then it's kind of funny because the other five pastors on this call all said, oh, we're in-house, we're in-house, we're in-house, we're singing, we're doing. You know, nobody, nobody was listening to the government. You know, when it goes against what God has called us to do, you know, it, it's a challenge, but you got to do it, amen? You got to do it. You know, they are looking for ways to shut the church down in California. They do not want the church in California. They don't want it. It, it goes against everything they believe in. But even when they say don't want it, even when they say don't do, even when they say don't speak, we will be here, we will be open, and we will speak, amen? We'll just keep pressing in. Now what I need you to do is to come. Don't leave me here by myself preaching to these empty chairs, amen? You come, you bring somebody, you press forward, you press forward with the same boldness that Peter and John had, amen? Who do we listen to, God or man? Okay, so as things are coming down, things are coming up in our community, in our state, make sure you stand with us. Don't be afraid. Be like Peter. Be like Peter. I went to India a few years ago. I went to the jungles of India. I went... I did not know I was going deep into the jungle of India. And I ministered in twelve churches in two days. That's all I did. It we we went, I ministered, I had so much time, we drove to another one, I ministered, laid hands on the sick, I went we twelve times in two days. So after I come back from India year later, the young pastor that I worked with over there, he sent me a letter from India. Couldn't find it. I would have gave it to you today, but I couldn't find it on my computer. But it, um, it was a, a governmental letter from in, in India that suggested that they begin to persecute the Christians because if they didn't, that they would no longer be a Hindu nation. They would be a Christian nation. And they wanted this stopped. So they said, you're okay to take a young Christian woman and rape her to convert her back. You're okay to poison water in Christian communities so that they all get sick. You're okay to burn Bibles. You're okay to kill a Christian. It's okay. See, they, they sent out this to make it okay because they were afraid. If we don't do something, we'll be a Christian nation. And you see... That's the same thing Peter was up against. Because they're saying, don't use the name of Jesus. Don't do it. Because if we continue to let this happen, 
we're not, you know, these guys got power. We're, we're not, we're, we're powerless against them. You see, and that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be filled with power. To know what we, who we are and what we have so that we can see this nation and other nations turn towards Jesus, amen? They thought in India if they did something harsh that people would turn away from Christianity. So even in our little orphanage in, in Uganda, you know, we had to put bar, razor wire along the wall. We had to put in electricity and cameras uh, and a CCTV systems so that they could um, catch the people trying to steal kids, trying to make them, um, you know, those children soldiers over there, you know. And though our kids over there, I tell you, they know Jesus so much. They don't have Bibles, but man, they got scripture memorized. This one, one little kid, man, he can preach. He's about 12 right now, and he can preach the word. Man, he's so awesome. But they just continue to serve God. We just have to maintain our obedience. Yes. Amen? You gotta do what he says. Even if it costs you something. Even if it costs you something. In the case of Peter and John, they were very victorious in, in this day. They let them go. They, they didn't beat them because, look, look at the miracle. <laughs> look at the miracle they did. See, and, and God wants to show the miracles that he's going to do through you. He wants to reveal, give you revelation that he wants to move through you powerfully, amen? He wants to do supernatural. You know, but just know that it didn't always work out for Peter and John. I mean, they ended up crucifying Peter upside down. Ended up boiling John in oil. You know, it doesn't always end well. But we have Jesus that we know where we're going if anything goes bad. Amen? You know, I, um, I love the attitude of our seniors. They don't want to get a vaccine. They don't want to wear a mask. They don't want to stay home. They want to be in church. I've talked to some pastors, that, you know, I, I talked to one um, black pastor. He said, I can't get the black people to come out. You know, they're, they're afraid that they're going to get it worse. And I'm like, well, I got a bunch of crazy old white people that'll be mad at me if I shut down. <laughs> I like it that way. I like crazy. <laughs> Amen. For you and me, though, let's be brave. Let's be really brave. Not just come to church, but when you go out, you share with people what God is doing in your life. You allow the Holy Spirit to move on you out there don't just do it in here do it out there love somebody out there amen let's pray dear heavenly father we thank you for this time we thank you for peter and john setting such a a great example for each one of us they set the bar high, Lord, and you tell us in Deuteronomy, live above the bar. Live above the bar. So, Father, I pray for, for Lord, an empowering 
of your spirit today. Just put your hand on your heart right now. Father, as we lay hands on our hearts, I pray that you would empower us by the Holy Spirit right now. That, Lord, that we could speak the word of God with such tender mercy and such love that it changes people's lives around us. That, Father, that they would see that we have been with Jesus. And, Lord, that we would not hold back the word of the Lord, but, Lord, we'd be open to share it, open to communicate with the the people around us the things of God. And, Lord, I know that I know that I know that people will see a great reward, a great reward as they do. Souls coming into the kingdom. Souls coming into the kingdom. I pray that that fire burn inside of each one of us, Lord, that it can't be contained, it can't be controlled, but Lord, that we'd be open to share the love of God. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I I need to just give my life to Jesus today. I need to surrender all to God today. If that's you, just raise your hand at me and I'm gonna pray for you right now. Amen, amen, amen. Anybody else? Amen. Well, Father, you see these hands that went up today, and I pray right now. Why don't you just repeat after me, everybody? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that he died for me and rose from the dead. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. I want to be your son or daughter. Help me to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand.